You need a shave. Do I? Yeah. You well, got a Wurzel Gummidge beard. I'm going to cherish that sentence. Yeah. Should I you say need that? You a shave. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. This briefing is from file A56-7W. Classified top secret subject is... Hey kids, comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better. Stronger. Faster. Welcome back, listeners, to what is, without a doubt, a comic book podcast. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah. Mm. Tonight, or today, or this morning, or this evening, or wherever you listen to this dribble, we'll be continuing with our epic, epic, thank you very much, coverage of the seminal Batman crossover, Nightfall. I say we, as I am, as always, Andrew Leyland, your co-host on this audio journey into a primarily visual medium, whilst my co-host, Michael Leyland... Hello. Is often different people occupying the same body with but a completely different headspace. Say what? Yeah, with the who, with the what now? With the same person but with a different body in a different head. I'm saying you're bats. Like Firestorm. Yeah, I suppose so. Fair enough. Yeah, I like how you tie that into DC Comics. Uh, it's well done, it's very professional. I like people would think we planned this crap. <laughs> we really don't. Oh, we're going to start off by a bit of self-aggrandizement. Yes, yesterday. That would, yeah, yesterday. I love the show, Steve. Yesterday, as we record this, will be yesterday when you actually hear it, because you know I'm going to edit it and upload it. But anyway, it's complicated. Uh, was my birthday? Crap, was it? Yes, I, I noticed that I didn't get a present from you. I've got me lots of coolness. I got you a card. You got me an excellent card. Michael made me a card that had Jesse Custer and Tulip and Cassidy and Spider Jerusalem all having a beer at the bar. And inside, he'd drawn the Beatles singing, They say it's your birthday. It's my birthday too, yeah. And it was very, very cool. Well, thank you. I liked it a lot. So, uh, thank you to all the people who said happy birthday. Yes. There's quite a few. I think mean, you were just saying your wife bought you lots of presents. And my wife bought me lots of cool presents. Marvel Masterworks Volume 1 and 2 for Thor. And then with some extra money I bought the Marvel Masterworks X-Men Volume 2. Uh, and I also got Coruscant Knights, a three-part trilogy of Star Wars novels. Not a four-part trilogy. Not a four-part trilogy. Or a trilogy of six parts. No, that's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You think about it, Detective Noir and Star Wars. There is no bad there. I'm hoping they don't suck. Because it's still in black and white. Yes, it's been a book and all. Because <laughs> I have not moved over to the dark side that is the Kindle. I like real books. Uh, secondly, I want to publicly thank Mr. Michael Bailey. He knows what for. Thank you, Michael. I don't know what for. He sent me something. He sent you something. Yes. 
and mm. let you listen to it. Oh, right, listen. Yeah. <laughs> He's not saying anything wrong. As mentioned above, tonight we'll be covering chapters 5 through 8 of the 19-part Nightfall saga. If you missed our simply adequate coverage of the first four parts, I urge you to tell all your friends about us. All of them. All your friends. I am the knight. And then head over to APLayland at Podomatic.com. Or just search for Hey Kids Comics Podcast and listen to the first chapter and then get yourself comfortable or exercise or do the dishes or make with the mad passionate monkey lovemaking or whatever you do when you listen to podcasts and prepare yourselves for another hour or so of two people who really should know better discussing funny books. Right. Yes. Could you make robots listening to our voices? I who put me off, <laughs> yeah. quite frankly. Fair enough. Yes. Uh, the book, it's a great set of funny books that we're covering tonight. Is it? Yes, to bring it away from your disgusting mind. It's not disgusting, I'm just saying. Fantastic comic book goodness. Uh, we are covering a seminal crossover, a character changed forever, a new man in the bat suit. All of this is coming your way, and nothing will ever be the same again. Hi, I'm Jeff Johns. I wish to rewrite your uh, continuity. Uh, is this still in continuity, Nightfall? Bits of it. Oh, okay. Which bits of it? The bits of Batman's spine that weren't broken? Yeah. Excellent. It's not like anybody would ever be able to tell another story where Batman is out of action and another man steps into the cape and cowl, is it? Didn't Tony, Daniel and Grant Morrison like... Yeah, that, that was the joke. Oh. If you have to explain the joke, it normally means it's not worked. Thank you very much for that. I slave over these ad-libs. <laughs> I, I, I apologise. <laughs> We're going to kick off tonight with Chapter 5 in the Nightfall Saga, which was first published in Batman 494, which has an early June 93 cover date. It really came out in the good old American states of America. America. Yeah, I kind of messed that up, didn't I? On the 13th of April 1993. Now... I think that we should take a minute here to once again listen to me ramble about how I bought comics when I were a kid. Eee, when I were a lad. This were all fields. Uh, obviously, I was long past being a kid when this issue came out. Well, it's all relative, isn't it? I don't really think I became an adult till I turned 48. Oh. Did you get that? Did you get that? Oh, it took a minute. Well done. I can see the cogs turning. That's not 48. So, but, but, yeah, but the lot, the, the chronology, the lot. Ah! It was fun watching the little light behind your eyes just suddenly flicker into being. Brilliant. Glad it's <laughs> Oh, you always entertain me. <laughs> Let me entertain you. Obviously, as I was saying before I was rudely interrupted by the dustman, I was long past being a kid when this issue came out, but compared to the bastion of maturity I am now, I was a mere whippersnapper. Anyway, I've bored you all before with how comics were used as ballast, blah, 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 and we got them over here in the UK three months late, blah, blah, blah. However, it should be noted that from around this time, May, June, May, June 1993, comics disappeared from regulation newsstands in the United Kingdom. They just vanished. They just vanished. They stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. Like very true. bees. Yes, like the bees are doing. Yes. Yeah. The bees are comic books. You can only get bees now in specialty bee stores. Can you? Yeah, that's a true story. They have, they have bee stores? Yes, they have bee stores. You go in and the back end of the shop is just like a big honey cave. 
and you have to fight your way past Winnie the Pooh, obviously, <laughs> who's sat of the stuff in his face. But then when you get uh, the guy behind the counter is obviously all dressed up in bee regalia, and he <laughs> gives you the mask and the, the clothes and everything, and you get to go in and pick which bee you want. Why do I believe you? Because <laughs> you're a fool. <laughs> it sounds so cool. It though. sounds so plausible. <laughs> Jack of beehive with the door on it. I love the bit that you were you were with me even past. Yeah. You've got to get past Winnie the Pooh sitting there eating the honey out of the honey jar. <laughs> oh, sometimes you're fantastically, wonderfully naive in a good way. Okay, I thought so. More and more as I get older, I've started to think this was a really stupid idea. There was I. This, there was the This was where I. Yeah, thank you very much. This was where I discovered comics. And I'll be honest, if I'd been a few years younger, I probably would have stopped reading them when they disappeared. Shame yeah. that. So. Yeah, because they'd have just disappeared. And you were like, well, I would the who would the where now? Where are my comics? Ah, oh, girls. And suddenly, you're just distracted by the pretty. Anyway, this comic had a cover by Kelly Jones, returning from Missing an Issue last time. Again, if you like Jonesy stuff, this is a good moody atmospheric cover with Batman opening a wicker bastic to reveal snakes and the Joker, whilst the Skirker leaps out at him from behind. If you don't like Jonesy stuff, this cover won't make you change your mind, as Batman has huge ears and a cape that looks like a bathrobe. What do you think of that cover, Michael? How can Joker fit, Isn't it supposed to be a representation or manifestation of the Skirker's fear gas? But would, Skirker, would Batman be scared of snakes? He's not Indiana Jones. No. How come Skirker doesn't get the shadow? Because it's a manifestation of the fear gas. Therefore, it doesn't need to make sense. You know, remember, joke was harder. It's magic. We don't have to explain it. Fair enough. Excellent. Did you like the cover? It was alright. That's all you have to say about the matter. It was alright. Not particularly good. It's alright. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Uh, the story is called Night Terrors, a reference to the sleep disorder. It is written by Doug Munch and drawn by Jim Aparo and Tom Mandrake did the inking. Adrian Roy coloured Richard Starkings lettered and Jordan B. Gorfinkel, which is a brilliant name, and Denny O'Neill edited. Gorfinkel. 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 It's a good name. I like the name Gorfinkel. The issue starts. Have you finished saying Gorfinkel? Well, you would have think it would be spelled like Gorfinkel. Why? Because it's Gorfinkel. I don't know. Why would you think that this man's name was spelt differently to what it sounds? It's not like you spell Michael differently to everybody else who spells Michael. Yeah, I do. Yes, you do. <laughs> that was the point I was trying to make. But no one would have gotten that. They may have done. If they've seen your name written on all the little blurbs I write for each podcast and scratched their head and gone, it's been 22 episodes now and this guy can't spell his son's name. <laughs> it's been 15 years and he can't spell his son's name. It's been 15 years now, don't you? Who are you again? The issue starts with lots of quick cuts. Robin sinks deeper and deeper into the water as Croc and Bane continue to fight behind him. He manages to use the grapple to save himself as Bane and Croc disappear under the sewage water. Which would stink, mustn't it? Yeah. They are in a sewer here, aren't they? Gotham sewers. Mm. Uh, well, it does say the first words on page one. Gotham sewers. Kind of gives it away, that, doesn't it? Read. The Joker pays a visit to Cornelius Sturk, who seems to have a few people on the boil at the moment, whilst at Wayne Manor, Bruce Wayne cancels another appointment with his physiotherapist, Chandra Kilsolving. At Mayor Kroll's mansion, Kroll is reading Commissioner Gordon the Riot Act. Tim Drake shows up at the cave cold and battered after his encounter with Croc and Bane, but he tries to talk Bruce out of donning the cape and cowl and going back out. Robin is convinced that all of this is somehow Bane's trap for the Batman. 
Batman, however, is stubborn to the point of stupidity, and despite not having slept or eaten, heads back out into the night. Bane, having survived the fight with Croc in the sewer, has a new infusion of venom and watches the TV news reports about Batman's encounter with Mr. Jars. Why does he infuse himself with venom just to watch TV? I mean, I know TV's pretty crap most of the time. Maybe, maybe it's because he wants that extra funny when... When he's watching something like The Price is Right. Well, well you know people like throw the TV remote at the TV. When there's nothing on. Yeah. Just extra. I think people only do that in films. He notes that his mind is starting to feel the effects of exhaustion, and soon the time will be right for the breaking of the bat. The Scarecrow, meanwhile, is looking for the Joker, and using his fear gas, extracts Warriors from a stoolie. Meanwhile, the Batman hunts for Cornelius Stirk, another serial killer, but one with hypnotic powers. He tracks Stirk to his new place and finds a note about Commissioner Gordon. The bat signal shines and Batman greets Gordon on top of Police HQ. Batman punches Gordon out of Stirk as uses hypnotic powers to convince Gordon that he was Batman, whilst the Joker watches dismayed. He wants Gordon alive. Gordon's alive. Thank you! Didn't let me down. Batman shows up just as Stirk is about to cut Gordon's heart out and stops him. Whilst across the street, Scarecrow finds Joker and the pair of them concoct a new plan. Batman realises that if a nobody like Stirk can take him on, Two-Face and the Joker are going to be more difficult to catch. At the Murr's house, the Joker and the... The Joker. That's a complete... That, that's a bad guy in Batman Triple X, the porn movie, isn't it? It is, The yeah. Joker. At the Murr's house, the Joker and the Scarecrow make the move. You're in, you like the Joker, don't you? <laughs> oh, God damn it all to hell. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mayor! Howdy, Joker time! Smell! Horrible! Can't stop the nightmare! No! No, you're not real! Oh, yes, but we are real, Mr. Mayor. Very real. As your bodyguards downstairs could attest. Were they still capable of speech? Ah, no! This is wonderful, Scarecrow. The gas has reduced him to a gibbering wreck. What do you want? Oh, it's time to exercise a little executive power, Mayor Crawl. You just have to pick up the phone. And we'll do the rest. What do you have to say about that issue, young Michael? Um, on page five, panel six. Yeah. With the text, it's like the doctor kills off and like falling in love with Bruce or something. Though. Yes. Issue. Yes. They've been building this relationship. Shit. <laughs> they're building. They've been building this relationship up <laughs> for quite a while. In the comics. It's uh, not like I did what that Radio 5 journalist did and slipped up and called that politician who's something like Clive Hunt and I transposed. Yeah. He transposed the first letter of his first name onto his surname. <laughs> live! Live on national radio. <laughs> not that far off. No, probably politician. not. I don't know that was his real name. I just made that up. But that really did happen. Yeah. It's quite funny. On page eight, what is Alfred doing? On page eight. On page eight. Um, what? Look at him. He's like, oh. He's like oh shaking my. his head and lifting his hands up in despair. But <laughs> that's a lifting his hands up in despair. That's look like he's praying. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he's praying to the bat gods <laughs> to to stop Bruce from being a bit of a buffoon. Um, and how come Bane's mask always stays upright like there's someone wearing it? Because maybe it's armored. 
Oh no, it's got a zip down the middle, hasn't it? Yeah. Armoured gimp mask. An armoured gimp mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, striking fear into nobody's heart. Uh, I don't know. A big bloke in leather coming at you wearing a gimp mask. <laughs> I think that'd actually be pretty terrifying upon yeah. reflection. Despite what we may have said last week, that, that'd be quite scary. Yeah, well, actually. You're my pet now, Dave. <laughs> uh, my name's not Dave. And I'm not your pet. <laughs> yes, you are. Bend over. <laughs> I don't need venom. <laughs> oh, dear. God. Um, page 15 is the first appearance of Jean Paul Ballet it in is. this since Sword of Azrael. It is indeed. But in Sword of Azrael, wasn't he a thin, glasses-wearing 17-year-old? I don't recall his age, but he was very definitely a John Lennon wannabe, Yeah, wasn't he? Um, yeah, see, this is another thing about the Nightfall comic book story. Because they've done all the setup in the issues before the story actually took place... Jean-Paul Valley kind of comes out of nowhere, doesn't he? Mm. Whereas in the book and the comics prior to this and in the radio series, they expanded much more on Jean-Paul Valley before he eventually, well, does what he ends up doing in the course of the story. We don't want to thoroughly, thoroughly ruin it for people, do we? No. There may be people listening to this who've never read this story. There may be. I kind of doubt it. I like to think that people would have read it or at least thought, ooh, well, we know that some people have listened to us and gone out and bought stuff. So it's entirely possible that people will listen to this and think, oh, that Nightfall sounds dead good. Okay. I'll go and buy that. Dead good. Dead good. Dead good. It sounds reek good, that <laughs> Nightfall, doesn't it? All these Americans. Buy it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't see Americans going, E, it sounds reek good, does Nightfall. <laughs> buy it. I'm going to go and buy a copy. Hey, love, I'm just off at comic book shop for buy some comics. One pie. <laughs> you want some pie for tea? You want me to go and chip it? Chips and gravy twice with mushy peas? Bye, it, love. Alright, see you later. Ta-ra. <laughs> I am just thoroughly confused, all the North American <laughs> listeners to this show. And all the British listeners are going, Excellent! Chips and peas and gravy. Count me in. And a chip balm. Pie bomb. <laughs> Pasty bomb. <laughs> oh, dear me. I'm very sorry, American listeners. You just have no clue what the last two minutes of this show was about. Um, on page 21, panel 5, when the Joker says, Bad sushi, that was one of the things that the most scared of. It made me laugh. Bad sushi? Yep. <laughs> yeah, the last panel of page 21. Oh, yes, very good. The Joker's moderately funny in this. He's not at his funniest. In fact, the Joker's not really at his best in this story. No. He just seems to be playing second fiddle to the Scarecrow, to be honest with you. Mm. I got the feeling the Joker's up to something far more nefarious. He just doesn't want to tell the Scarecrow. Fair enough. That's my thinking on the matter. Going to get his big mallet out and hit, hit him on the head. Yes. And then Bane comes along with his whip and his mallets and whips all over. Yes, or it's entirely possible that the Scarecrow is going to challenge him to a surfing match. Swear to God, that was an episode of the 60s TV show. The Joker (laughs) bets the Batman to have a surfing fight with him. Does the Batman do it? Yes. Adam West in full Bat regalia with a pair of Bermuda shorts on. The shorts over Uh, the Batman. I love Adam West, I really do. But sometimes I think that shows a crime against everything. The order of finishing isn't what counts, Joker. 
Why not? Why not? Losers don't come in first. I tallied all the judges' points. You got one for being the more colorful surfer. Batman got all the rest, including 50 for avoiding a dangerous hazard. A shark. Oh, big deal. A simple deal. Thanks to the shark repellent bat spray and my utility gun. Well, what about my tricks and my technique? You mean my tricks and my technique. All transferred to you by that nutty surfing experience and ability transferometer. Although I did give the world Julie Numa. Okay. And Yvonne Craig. Okay. So, you know, can't be all bad, can it? Tom Mandrake, an accomplished artist in his own right, makes an interesting Inca for Jim Aparo. Uh, if you grew up in the 70s and 80s and read a Batman book, you can't help but be aware of Jim Aparo and his contribution to the Batman mythos. He primarily worked on The Brave and the Bold and Batman and the Outsiders, but he did quite a lot of work on Batman and Detective Comics. It's probably no exaggeration to say he was to the Batman what Kurt Swan was to Superman. Normally he inked himself, but I quite like the combination here. Tim Mandrake, um, Tom Mandrake, not mm. Tim, Tom Mandrake went on to draw Batman for a little while. Oh, now I'm getting my chronology confused here. Was it was it before this Tom Mandrake drew Batman or after this? Do you know, I think it may have been before this. Okay. I think Tom Mandrake took over after Don Newton left, which is pre-crisis, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Right. Yes, I think that's pre-crisis. It's around Batman 400. But isn't this Oh, right, fair enough. So, yeah, so I think it was around the... He's very dark and moody. Quite good. I I quite like his stuff. Um, The Mayor Kroll scene on page four just feels like a rehash of the last bit, doesn't it? It does. Commissioner Gordon shows up at Mayor Kroll's house. Mayor Kroll says, Ah, Gordon, do your job properly or I will replace you. Commissioner Gordon looks constipated. (laughs) Instead of just smacking the mayor about the face and saying, Screw you, dude. You deal with it. I'm going to the pub. Which is what I'd do if Sit I was Commissioner Gordon. I'd fucking dawn some peas and gravy. Yeah, yeah, you ain't got a pub for a part and peas. <laughs> Bye, lad. Um, it dawns on me, actually, that if Gordon didn't have to keep going to Mer Kroll's house yeah. for Mer Kroll to sit there and be all superior, he could probably actually get some work done. Yeah. I don't like it when they make Gordon out to be an inept, useless fool. Because hmm. he's supposed to be the best detective in Gotham City after the Batman, obviously. Right. That's my thinking on the matter. Well, anyway. What if did, uh, Commissioner Gordon is actually better than Batman? But, but Batman doesn't have to follow rules yeah. and regulations and fill in mountains full of paperwork. Yeah. It's a good point. It's not clear how much time has passed, but if this is still the same night as the previous issue, Chandra Kill Solving is up awfully late or awfully early, depending on your point of view. Yeah, I was reading the issues, and it can be read as all the same night, but people are going to sleep and waking up, but then you'll have the Joker and Skirkrill who have just been in the thingy's house like all night. Yeah, well, is the implication not that Batman's been up for a, a good week at this point, without any sleep really but there's certain plot lines as you're reading it it could happen in the same night yeah whereas so the Joker's just been screwing over Murkrow for an evening because yeah. it does feel a bit longer than that in mm. the actual issue page 19 uh, I love the Joker saying that he would relish using the Scarecrow's fear gas I love the idea of the Scarecrow spraying the fear gas on the Joker and the Joker finding it fun yeah <laughs> I thought that'd be great Chandra kill solving just a little kin kill kin Kinsan, why do you say that name? Chandra Kiln Solving. Kill Solving. Thank you very much. Something like that. Is uh, treating Tim Drake's dad. Uh, Tim Drake is obviously Robin at this point, who needs physio after a recent accident. She has been recommended by Tim to Bruce, 
who also uses her after he receives various injuries as the Batman. Pay attention, she will become very, very important. Will she? Yes. Again, she's barely been in this so far, hmm. but in the lead-up to Nightfall, she had quite an important part. Wait, isn't she later on when Bruce is gallivanting around Europe? Yes, uh, she's in it very, very muchly later on. That makes no sense, does it? Very, 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 very muchly. muchly. Very, very like, muchly. You sound like, can you? He's very, very muchly like that, Daddy. Yeah. I am Charlie and Lola. I am not tired and I do not want to go to bed. Uh, the writers do a really good job of setting Bane up as a bit of a coward. Mm. Really. He doesn't want to take on a Batman who is at the peak of his strength. He needs him worn down before he can beat him. This is a follow-up to the story in Vengeance of Bane, where Bane became the king of the prison by having his rival, a man who did take him out in a fight, confined to solitary for six months so he was weakened before he killed him. Fair enough. In fact, I can't remember if he killed him. Maybe he just crippled him and let him live. I think he may have just crippled him. See, the only problem with reading this and reading the book and reading the and listening to the audio adaptation, I forget which is which. Fair enough. Yes. Well, he's a guy in a gimp mask. He's <laughs> being dominated. Uh, did you not think Batman was increasingly pig-headed in this story? I thought he was a bit, yeah. I know. I know that pride goes before a fall and all that drivel. But if Nightfall has a structural problem story-wise, is that Bruce's own pig-headedness leads to his ultimate fate more than Bane. Batman's smarter than this. Mm. And this minor plot point does become a bit of a sticking point in the whole storyline, as far as I'm concerned. For this story to work, Batman and Bruce Wayne have to be inflexible and stubborn rather than intelligent, rational man. And I have to say, it works better in the book where it happens in a much more compressed period of time. Fair enough. That's my thinking, anyway. What did you think of the issue overall? I enjoyed it. It was alright. Yeah, I thought it was okay. It was a nice little chapter in the story. It did feel a bit like you were spinning your wheels a bit. And it does seem a bit strange to me that the cliffhanger to the last issue was Robin being swept away in a deluge. And then the cliffhanger to an issue that we will be covering next time is Batman being swept away in a deluge. So, I thought that felt a bit lazy, Mm. to be honest with you. But, still enjoying it. I sense a disturbance in the Force. You always sense a disturbance in the Force. We're doomed. I don't like this. No! No! He's back. Really pissed me off. Oh no! It's a trap. Chewie, get us out of here! You can't run. Star Wars Monthly Mondays, available the first Monday of every month at twotruefreaks.libson.com. While attending a demonstration in radiology, student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the arachnid's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. 
Stan Lee presents Spider-Man, Spider-Man Does whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catches seeds just like flies Look out, here comes the Spider-Man Welcome to Amazing Spider-Man Classics, where every month I and some friends will be discussing every book, every guest appearance, and every cameo we can find of our favorite web slinger, The Amazing Spider-Man. Are you tired of arguing over whether Ben Riley should have taken over the webs? Do you grow weary of the brand new day with all its controversy? Then return with us to the early days. Return with us to the classics. Amazing Spider-Man Classics at Amazing Spider-Man. Dot Libsyn dot com. To him, life is a great big bang up. Wherever there's a hang up, you'll find a Spider Man. The story continued. Let's move Batman 494 out of the way. In Detective Comics 661. Again, keeping with the consistent look of the Nightfall books, Kelly Jones did the cover. The Batman looks like he's doing the palm tree yoga move, whilst the floaty heads of Cornelius Sturk, the Joker, and the Scarecrow hover overhead. Oh, that's Cornelius Sturk. Cornelius Sturk. Who did you think it was? I thought it was Frankenstein's monster. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good point. It does look like Frankenstein's monster. I'll give you that. Um, Again, it's quite striking, but by and large because of the colour. Mm. I did, it's the Batman's covered in flame, presumably an artistic representation of Gotham City burning, but also possibly because isn't Firefly in this one? Firefly. No, I think that's next. Is that no? This one ends with Firefly. Oh, fair I've just ruined the ending for you. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, what do you think of the cover, Michael? It's all right. Good, good, good. I'm glad you're here. It was artistic. Oh, there you go. Gotham's in the top. Yes, that's what I meant. Right. And the story's called City on Fire. Yeah. <laughs> Strong desire. Go on, carry on. I don't know the rest. Burning deep within. How does he breathe in that? Well, I presume that he can breathe through the little X's that is his mouth. But it's stitched up. He can still breathe through it. I could stitch your top up on your shirt, you'd still be able to breathe. He can stitch my top up on my shirt, yeah, but he's got a mask over his Yeah, but it's face. not airtight, I presume. It may be. It could be. In that case, he's dead then. <laughs> <laughs> in answer to your question, he can't. The Scarecrow's dead. Maybe he likes his lack of oxygen. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's, he's one of them. <laughs> the Autoritic Affixiation Brigade. Um, <laughs> Get him, my dear. Yes, the story is called City on Fire. This time it's written by Chuck Dixon, pencilled by Graham Nolan and inked by Scott Hanna. Adrian Roy coloured it, John Costanza lettered, and Scott Peterson and Denny O'Neill edited. It came out on April 20th, 1993, and has a cover date of early June 1993. Oh, yeah, they got early and late. Early and late. Yeah, because it was coming out bi-weekly at this point. Oh, okay. If you recall, this was these were the only two Batman books. Well, there was Shadow of the Batman Legends of the Dark Knight, but for Nightfall, there was yeah. only it was only running in Batman and Detective. Fair the two books that sold on the newsstands. Okay. I thought that was quite um, quite interesting. Mayor Kroll is shackled and terrorised by the Joker and the Scarecrow. So far, they've had him call the Governor and cancel his request for guards, and call the newspapers to blame Gordon for the slow response to the Arkham breakout. Although I bet that one didn't take Scarecrow's fear gas. Uh, now, they want him to call the Firefighters Union and tell him they're cutting the rolls. What does that mean? Um, cutting the rolls. Those are going to get lots of toilet 
paid for <laughs> Cuts me off. Yeah. Does it not just mean they're going to the butty shop, making butties? <laughs> Let's go, but the Let's butty go shop for the butty shop and have a roll. <laughs> you cut that roll, put some bacon butty on it. Hey, bacon butty. Put tomato sauce on. <laughs> bit of tomato sauce. Put kettle on. Bit of bread sauce. Hey, bacon butty and bread sauce. Can't be that, lad. <laughs> hey. Yeah, much love. <laughs> two fifty, two pa two pound fifty That's for a baker's daily rate. An hour a lad. An hour a lad. You get a bacon butty for a quid. I don't know where this is coming from. To be honest with you. <laughs> oh dear me! And now, and an entire country, an entire world that isn't our tiny little country in the middle of it is going, what the hell's a bacon <laughs> butty with brown sauce? Well, it's like, you get a butty and you put bacon No, on no, 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 no. You get a roll. A roll? You got a roll with it. And then you get bacon. Proper big thick bacon, not that stringy crap. Right. Proper big thick bacon. Three rashers. Has to be at least three rashers. Right. Butter the roll. Put the bacon in the roll and put brown sauce on it. Okay. Mm. I feel hungry now. Yes. Grant Morrison would hate this podcast. <laughs> because we're not vegetarians. Sorry, Grant. Yeah. I do apologise. I don't like killing animals and anything, but bacon butties with brown sauce. What <laughs> the fuck can you do? Um, anyway, I was... Yes, we were cutting the rolls. Whatever the hell that means. This typically could not happen at a worse time. As Garfield Linz, a.k.a. The Firefly... Ooh. Not the TV show. I like The Firefly. But played by Nathan Fillion. Was it? Who got for your lens? Yeah. No, I just made that up. Oh, right. uh, as took to roasting parts of Gotham. Firefly is a pyromaniac who turned arson into pleasure, and Batman took him down years ago. Is he one of those? Yes, he's <laughs> one of those who gets a, a perverse sexual pleasure out of setting fire to things. Now, yes, the Batman and Robin, the teen wonder, approach a burning amusement park. Again, Batman orders Robin to stay behind, despite the fact that the boys survive battles with Bane and Killer Croc at this point. Batman takes off to take out Firefly, and not for a beer. Under a barrage of flame, Firefly escapes with Batman unable to make the easiest of jumps. Well, by his standards, yeah. anyway, I probably couldn't make it. Go slow motion and Matrix. Yes. Yes, go slow motion and Matrix in. Yeah. Dive. Fortunately, Robin throws him a line and he makes it down in one piece, if a little frazzled. Batman concedes that maybe he's been throwing himself at one problem after another and not using his brains. He gives Firefly to Robin so he can concentrate on the bigger and badder bad guys. Speaking of, the ventriloquist and his friends, Socko and Duckman, <laughs> the glove puppets that he has on either hand from last week, have a gun pointed at a lawyer and they want to know where Scarface is. Far too complicated to go into, just go and download last week's episode and listen to it. Or go and buy Nightfall Part 1, The Broken Bat, which is a graphic novel that you can pick these issues up in. Um, the lawyer says that he's probably in evidence lockup, and they'll need a policeman to get the paperwork to release him. Fortunately, the ventriloquist has a policeman hand puppet. How cool was that? Was. That was magnificent. <laughs> the policeman hand puppet. So far, I have to say, the ventriloquist's bits in these books are my favourite parts. I love the ventriloquist. I really, really do. Tim Drake, meanwhile, is running background on Firefly, but not having any luck. He's been locked up so long, his crimes predate the internet. Remember, when this story was written, the internet was still a new thing. So he takes off to Firefly's old orphanage, figuring any lead is better than none. Tim finds the orphanage long since closed, but an elderly nun sits in the courtyard. 
She gives Tim some information about Firefly having a sister, and Tim takes off. He turns to thank the nun, but she has disappeared. Maybe the nun was not there. It was just a physical representation of... The internet apologising to Tim Drake. Do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't break the internet in half then? No. Okay. The Riddler, meanwhile, still nursing a broken arm for his encounter with Bane, is wanting Simpson Flanders... Is wanting? Is watching Simpson Flanders flog his book. I'm sane, and so are you. When did the Riddler encounter On yet another Bane? TV show. Um, earlier on, didn't Bane beat him around a bit? Did it? Yeah. Oh. Was that before Nightfall started? I think so. He's still in a bad way, anyway. He's plotting another warped plan and mailing his intentions to police HQ, where Bullock is pistol-whipping some guy, and the clerk is about to open the Riddler's letter. He's stopped when all units are ordered to stop a problem at Castleland Park. Tim has tracked Firefly's sister down and finds the information he needs. The Batman, meantime, has taken down the Cavalier, when Robin calls him and tells him that he has a list of targets for Firefly. Batman tracks him down at one of them, and in the ensuing melee, the rooftop collapses under their feet. Is it is that how you pronounce it? Melee. 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 Is it melee? I don't know. Smelly melee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so very, very juvenile. You're getting to be a pest, Batman. Speak of the devil. Fascinating to watch you deal with that idiot. But let me tell you a thing or two. I'm not one of those Arkham inmates who obsessed over you day and night. In fact, I'll get along quite nicely without your interference. So I've decided to cremate you! <laughs> the flamethrower's heat is overwhelming. It saps my last reserve of strength, but I'm not burning. This time I came prepared. You've spoiled enough of my fun, Batman! Fifteen-layer Nomex and a rebreather don't give me the edge. Oh, but they, they let me survive. Oh. <laughs> uh, go on, yeah, notes. What do you think, Michael? Well, at the beginning here, when they're on about who should they phone and Joker goes, see more butts. I don't get it. Hasn't Bart Simpson played that joke on... Yeah. Mm, what's his name? Mostly Zach. Yeah. The, the bartender. See more butts. See more butts? We gotta see more butts here? You wanna see more butts? Yeah, that sounds very, very Simpsons. Amanda Huggin kiss. I'm I'm not, I want I'm Amanda Huggin kiss. I'm looking for Amanda Huggin kiss. <laughs> oh, dear me. You know, me and Firefly really would get along. What, because you're both pyromaniacs? <laughs> yeah. It's just fire. It's sexy. It's what? <laughs> Sexy. No, women are sexy. Cars, well, certain kinds of cars, are sexy. Fire is not sexy. Women in cars on fire. That's just wrong. Maybe not on fire. No, women in cars. Women wouldn't the cars would Yes. Women in the Ford Mustang. Now that's sexy. Women in the Ford Mustang. With a flamethrower, <laughs> is that what, would that be more interesting for you? Would that be something you'd be and interested a in? And a T-Rex chasing him. And a T-Rex chasing him. You have just pitched the best film ever. <laughs> I don't want to see that movie. Yeah. Flamethrowing chicks in Ford Mustangs. There's your title. Oh. Flamethrowing chicks in a Dino Wonderland. I'm pitching that movie. Fair yes. Who can we have playing the flamethrowing chick? I don't know, Kieran is too thin. I like my flint throwing chicks to be curvy. To be honest with you. 
Should we table that one and see what happens to later? Yeah. See who comes to you. Yeah. See what you think about that later on. Maybe Gabrielle Ambois. Or Kristen Bell. Gabrielle Ambois has got more figure than Kira Knightley. She has too. Alright then. Who did I just say? Kristen Bell! Yeah, but it's Kristen Bell! Peter puts less view on this. But it's Kristen Bell! Kristen Bell and Sir Michelle Gellar. Kristen Bell with a flamethrower and a Ford Mustang being chased by a T-Rex. Kristen Bell in a Ford Mustang with a flamethrower being chased by a T-Rex. I am so watching that film! Anyway, we're completely <laughs> off topic. Um, I don't even know if we should leave all that in, to be honest. I think we should. Uh, go on. On page 7, panel 4. Yes. Batman just tells himself to stop whining and do it. Oh, yeah, in one of his captions, yeah. where he's uh, moaning about, you're so weak, smoke filling my lungs, can't keep my grip, losing it. Oh, stop whining and do it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That is quite cool. And um, wasn't Chief O'Hara the Irish officer in the 60s, Batman? Bigora! But he was. Faith and Begora. I can't do an Irish accent. Hide it, hide and Brian. Pites of Guinness. Hide it, hide. Another reinforcement of stereotypes. <laughs> yes, Chief, Chief O'Hara, which is the, the Scarecrow's policeman glove puppet, is, was indeed, Ventriloquist's glove puppet, yes, not the Scarecrow, right. was indeed, as played by Stafford Rep, the okay. Chief of Police in the 1960s television show. I bet that. In other words, the completely inept fool who did nothing, and whenever there was any trouble at all, he would go, Commissioner Gordon, Bigora, let's phone Bigora. Batman, Bigora. Potatoes. Potatoes. Let's phone Batman, Bigora. But like, Gordon never actually said, just do your job. Hi, I'm going down in the park and having quite a Guinness and getting in a bar fight. But, uh, at the Shamrock. <laughs> No, that's just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I apologise to any Irish listeners we may have. That was appallingly <laughs> bad. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's quite as bad as his Irish accent on the show, mm. to be honest with you, but whatever. So he's not actually Irish? I, I don't think he was. I could be wrong in that. Fair enough. Yes. Um, I quite liked Alfred in this issue. Alfred's always funny when he's been snarky. Mm. He's very good in the book. Alfred. He's very, um, very funny. Okay. Very witty guy. Yeah. As if his lines were scripted for him. Weird that, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, what is a Salisbury steak? Because they're on the Fallout games, and I've no idea what they are. Should we look that up for you? Yeah. It is in this, by the way. I wasn't just, you know, asking a random question. <laughs> what do you have to say about this issue, Michael? What's a Salisbury steak? A Salisbury steak is a dish made from a blend of minced beef and other ingredients, shaped to resemble a steak and served in brown sauce. That sounds damn good. There you go. Do you like that idea? This has very much become a food show, (laughs) hasn't it, today? (laughs) No, to make the perfect Salisbury steak. Oh, no, no, there's far too many shows on television about cooking. How many shows about cooking do you need? Be honest. Um, You only need one, one television show about cooking. Just like you only need one television show about forensic scientists. You don't need 400 of them. No, but you need your CSI and your CSI Miami and your CSI New York and then you... I still think CSI Wigan would be a, a <laughs> ratings grabber, to well, be honest with His body's covered in urine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my heck, it's part of this on this one. <laughs> oh, hey, I hope he's just asleep. Hey, I'm just eating my chips and pay <laughs> wet. This car came in, there's this dead body down an alleyway covered in piss. What's going on here? 
Come on, got that no peace. Hey, pints of Carlin. Bottle of Nuki Brown. That man got some. Oh, that man got a bit of peace, eh? <laughs> See, I said, I'm Wigan. <laughs> oh, God. You know, that'll be 24 episodes a season <laughs> of nothing happening. Just 24 episodes of the policemen just sat with their feet up. There's a bunch of really good stuff with Asda. Stuffing the face with chips. <laughs> oh, God damn. <laughs> Um, I do like these to be continued bit at the end. What, where it's Batman with a big long cape? Mm. Yes, it's a very good last panel, that. It's very reminiscent of the 70s. They used to do that all the time in the 70s, didn't they? Mm. Um, I, I really like Graham Nolan's Joker. I don't know yeah. why. There's nothing flashy about him. I just like him. I don't know what it is. I can't pinpoint what it is I like about him. Yeah. I just do. The chin. Possibly the chin. I think the Joker should have a big chin. Bruce Campbell chin. He's got a Bruce. Bruce Campbell should have played the Joker. Maybe in about 1990. Yeah. 1991 ish, around Briscoe County Junior days. He should have played the Joker. Uh, Firefly torched Elmo's pier. Did you get that? No. St. Elmo's Fire. Isn't that a film? Uh, I think it's also a song by Brian Eno. I know Brian Eno. You do, he produced lots of U2 records. There's a song about him by MGM2. And Talking Heads records. And he did some of the songs for the soundtrack for. 20 days later and he did uh, another green world and here come the warm jets ok yes little lesson in 70s prog rock for you there uh, I was a bit confused by page 9 to be honest with you were you confused by page 9 young Michael I don't know um, page 9 when the we've already discussed the ventriloquist and his two pets Socko and Duck Boy or Duck Man or whatever he's calling him Duck Man Duck Man um, are interrogating the lawyer he, I at first thought they were interrogating Mercrowell no, because he's know. wearing the same pyjamas. Maybe there's only one line of pyjamas. Maybe Gotham City only sells purple pyjamas, is that what you're saying? That's why the Joker's always dressed in purple. <laughs> it's a big colour in Gotham. Yeah. Purple. <laughs> Alright, I'll give you that. I like that idea so much, I'm going to let you have that. Um, yes, we've already mentioned the ventriloquist policeman hand puppet. It's called Chief O'Hara. Hi, uh, hi. Hi, Begora. Yeah. Uh, Tim has an REM poster on his wall. Yeah. Yes. First panel on page 11. Is that an REM poster or is that just a poster with REM on it? I don't know, but given that this was the, the early 90s and Scott Peterson's sign-off on the letters page is also an REM lyric. Is it? Yes. Can always sleep standing up, which is from Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight, isn't it? Okay. So, you know, there you go. The only thing that would say early 90s more than that would be a Nirvana poster. Yeah. Or Pearl Jam. On the top of page 12, what exactly is Tim swinging from? The cloud. Yeah, the the, the panel is, it shows the, the orphanage that is now knackered and closed down. And the big moon hanging around outside it. And Tim Drake is swinging in front of the moon. Higher up than any surrounding building or tree. Now, unless he's latched that bat grapple onto a passing bird <laughs> or an aeroplane, what is he swinging from? Well, do you not remember the old Spider-Man games on the PlayStation 1 where he just... He would just swing. swing. Yeah. And it didn't matter that there was nothing there for him to swing from. Yeah. Well, they fixed that in subsequent iterations, didn't they? Oh, yeah. More or less. He had to swing. Because in one of the later ones, if you missed a building, you fell, didn't you? Mm. When you were swinging. Which one was that? Oh. I liked Entry Electro. Whenever they see, yeah. With the web balls, chupa, chupa, chupa. And uh, Mike Bailey got in touch with me 
And yeah. do you remember we used to sing Pumpkin Bomb, Pumpkin Bomb, can't get me with a pumpkin bomb? Yeah. He used to do that. Fair enough. <laughs> I thought that was just us. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, dear me. Separated by a huge gulf of water and cultural divide, such as their inability to spell the word colour. And yet, <laughs> and yes, and yet, we still both sat there playing that PlayStation game going Pumpkin Bomb, Pumpkin Bomb, can't get yeah. me with a pumpkin yeah, I just remembered it was Spider-Man 2. Was it? The movie. The movie version of Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Not Spider-Man 2, Enter Electra. I love those Spider-Man games. Yeah. But we're not talking about Spider-Man. No. God, we are so random tonight. <laughs> e love. love. That Spider-Man <laughs> game, we're eat good. Uh, there's a little bit of jiggery-pokery going on with the timeline in this issue. Did you know jiggery-muck-pokery? Did you notice that? The yeah. Riddler is watching the TV on page 15 or is it 16 I forget Um, and he's writing his letter to police HQ right on page 16 the guy at police HQ despite the fact that Gotham is going to hell he's sat there opening the mail and drinking some coffee oddly he's not eating a donut given that he's a policeman but Bullock is (laughs) yeah thank you Sergeant Bullock Uh, and he's going to open the Riddler's mail maybe he sent multiple what so he sent one to Gotham HQ and now he's making another one to send to somebody else yeah that doesn't make any sense especially since he's cut all the letters out of newspapers like they used to do in 70s gangster movies I think that's pretty pretty I don't know maybe it's just possible that the Gotham City Postal Service is fantastic maybe it could just be that Delivered by superheroes. Oh, the Gotham City Postal Service are so used to the Joker and the Riddler and all that drivel that they just don't care anymore. Oh, look, St. Elmo's Pier's on fire. (laughs) Gotta get this post in on time! That'd be quite funny. Uh, The letters page is still pre-Nightfall, so there's not really anything worth mentioning. However, there is a letter from uh, J.P. Morrison where he decries Marvel for, and I quote, the grotesque manipulations of their oldest and most original characters. Obviously, there he's talking about Spider-Man being married. Uh, Uh, What? (laughs) I'm only kidding. And, I continue my quote, the appetite for gore, murder, and overly graphic violence. Can I just point out the irony of this now being published in a DC comic? Yeah. Given that 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 criticism applies more to DC now than it does to Marvel. That's just my opinion, though. Um, Overall... I quite enjoyed this because I like Graham Nolan's art and I like when the Joker's been a doofus and I like when B-listers like Firefly give Batman a hard time because if you think about it Firefly would be difficult because flame how do you fight fire other than with fire obviously I think Firefly should be an airlister if handled properly Firefly could be really good Water and water as well. Or just drop him in the ocean somewhere. Well, there's enough water deluges going on. Mm. Robin got caught in one last time. Um, Batman is becoming increasingly irrational and manic. Again, the the main storyline is slightly flawed in that at this point the plot is leading the characters instead of the other way around. Batman is doing stupid stuff because the plot is demanding that he do stupid stuff. Yeah, it's not in character. I mean, they have worked quite hard to establish him as being knackered. But at the same time, my Batman was always driven but not obsessed. And he would have realised at this point that something was wrong. And both Tim and Alfred would have called somebody in by now. Yeah. Even if Bruce didn't. Dick Grayson or Clark Kent, somebody. Um, It becomes a plot point down the road why he didn't do this. 
And, of course, the whole point of the story is to give the readers a Batman who does the things that Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson wouldn't do. But it's still a problem within the confines of the DC Universe. Uh, in the book, it's a flaw that's a lot more forgivable, because there is no other superheroes mentioned as existing in the novel. And the audio adaptation, again, Batman operates in a vacuum, so there isn't a Justice League or a Superman for him to call on. That's what I think, anyway. The story continued in Batman 495. We should point out at this point that the bat signal in the top right-hand corner is becoming more and more eclipsed. Read into that what you will. The cover, again, is by Kelly Jones. Batman is tied to a tree with vines, whilst Poison Ivy points her fist at him. Kinky. Yes. Uh, it just seems to me that Ivy should have had something in her hand, like an arrow gun or something. It looks a bit silly that she's sort of pointing her fist at I mean, it. She's like, kiss my hand. No, I will never kiss my knuckles. I am married to my job. I'm married to my Batmobile. <laughs> no, that was Knight Rider fan fiction, wasn't it? What? Michael Knight and Kit. Slash fiction for Knight Rider. I'll let you use your imagination, what he was using the gear stick for. <laughs> um, <laughs> the exhaust. Yeah, the exhaust pipe, yeah. As it is, it just looks a bit silly. Uh, it's a cover that does give the Jones Does Crap Anatomy people a field day, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Batman's torso is far too elongated. And his thighs! His thighs are bloody huge! Yeah. On the other hand, Ivy is very well proportioned. Especially around her ass. Yeah, thighs. Damn fine ass. Good thighs on that cover. I'm a big fan of good thighs. I like skinny thighs. Legs that go all the way up. Good thighs. That was Travis, by the way. Was that Trevor's? Trevor's. Trevor's. <laughs> film where they're attacked by a bunch of people called Trevor. There you are. <laughs> get him, lads. Hey, a bunch of people called Trevor with whippets. Hey, get him, get him with whippets, lad. Hey, call it Trevor's. <laughs> Trevor, can't do it, man. God, scavenger. I know it's hard to believe, lovely listeners, but we've not had a drink tonight. Uh, what happened? In Nightfall Part 7, Michael, from Batman 495. It was called Thanks. Strange Dead Fellows. I'll, yeah. I'll do this bit while you open the comic. Right. Written by Doug Munch, penciled by Jim Aparo, and inked by Bob Wyasek. Or Wyakek. Or Bob Wakak, or something like that. Wakak! Everybody else is the same as the last issue of Batman. It came out on April 27th, 93, and has a cover date of late June 1993. Whilst plummeting down into flames... Batman lets go of Firefly's foot, only lets him fly away, and then grapples onto him. However, once they're away from the flames, Firefly snaps the grapple line. Batman then throws him out a line to the top of a fire escape, but crashes into it badly, damaging his arm. Elsewhere, Jean Paul Valley go gallivant around Gotham in a pretty stupid ninja getup. <laughs> That's your sartorial appraisal of his outfit. Yeah. Pretty stupid. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for that, Gok Wan. Oh, it's my bit of It's my toughest challenge yet. Now, I'm here today in Gotham City, where I'm going to be looking at... <laughs> I'm going to be looking at vigilante war, and I'm going to get all these vigilantes to on the catwalk naked so they can appreciate their bodies, and then the Joker walks in and snaps his face off. Now, Clayface... That's an episode of How to Look Good Naked I would watch, yeah. where the Joker kills Gok Wan live on television. <laughs> I'd pay money for that. Yeah, I'd actually, actually pay my licence fee for that. Yeah. Quality. Even if it is on Channel 4, which we don't pay for. At Wayne Manor, Alfred tells Bruce about a charity event that night. Bruce says he'll be there and then collapses onto his bed. 
At another location, Poison Ivy raises a small army of mind-controlled plant-people hybrids for the charity. Bird watches outside the Civic Center where the event's taking place, and Bane tells him that if there's trouble there, both he and Batman will be there. Back at Murkrow's estate, after a break, Joker and Scarecrow get back to passing Kroll, no, gassing Kroll, and make him phone the police to make them go into a wild goose chase. At the charity event, Chandra kills all and tries to talk to Bruce. You said that better than I did. Into not cancelling so many appointments with her. Thank you. Outside, Bane watches and says he knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. At the police station, Bullock informs Gordon that Mer Kroll has been kidnapped and is at the amusement park and that every cop in the city is on their way there. With all the uh, rest of the stuff that's happening in Gotham City, they're just dropping everything off this douchebag Mer. At the charity event, Bruce begins to feel dizzy and notices that it's being caused by a smell that's paralysing everyone and then Poison Ivy makes an appearance. She makes all the dudes walk away into the back of a truck and Bruce, playing along, follows. Bane watches and then leaves. At the amusement park, the police surround the perimeter when Joker's voice can be heard by it all. Elsewhere, Dean Paul Valley beats seven buckets of crap out of some crooks. The truck stops at a botanical garden and all the dudes get off. Bruce slips away and changes into Batman. He stops Ivy before she kisses and kills some dude. And then, all the plant zombie things attack Batman. Ivy turns to Lucius whilst Batman's still busy fighting. He then throws one of the zombies into Lucius and he falls away. Once he's finished, he turns to Ivy who tells him that there's no antidote for the zombies. He then kicks her in the face. <laughs> a good boot, doesn't he? <laughs> At the amusement park, the police hear noises of Kroll being tortured, so Gordon gives it all clear to head in where they find nothing but a bomb that explodes upon arrival. <gasps> oh no, yeah, I do love that on page 20 where he just kicks her in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I do quite like a Batman who's not like Adam West. I would never hit a woman chum. <laughs> but this Batman breaks a bloody nose. Oh, dear me. Um, we haven't seen a lot of Jean-Paul Valley in the comic series thus far. Uh, in the Sword of Azrael miniseries and the issues leading up to Nightfall, Bruce has been having Tim Drake train Valley to deal with the powers he has inherited from the Order of St. Dumas. On page four, we see him doing his training without Robin, wearing an all-black costume with grappling hooks and a mask with ties on it. This strikes me as a bit silly, because surely, you know, somebody could just grab hold of those ties and pull his mask off. Wasn't that in All-Star Batman and Robin, where Robin jumps out with a hood and then Batman just pulls the hood down and kicks him? Was that? Yeah, I I don't remember All-Star Batman and Robin. I think I've blanked it from my memory. Apart from, I'm the goddamn Batman. Batman's fight with Firefly ends with Firefly escaping, which is a good piece of comic book structure. Because it means that Batman's fight with Firefly will end in Detective Comics, where it began. Compare this with major character events in recent events, Civil War and Fear itself, where the major events don't even happen in the character's own book. Do you remember that? Batman Unmasked, and it wasn't in Amazing Spider-Man, it was in Civil War. Batman Unmasked. Yes, Batman Unmasked in Civil War. That's a story I'd read. Because <laughs> <laughs> if there was a registration act in the DC Universe, Batman wouldn't sign up for it, would he? No. You see Superman going, oh, come on, Bruce, and Bruce going, no. Haven't they already done that with stuff like Dark Knight Returns? Yeah, they've and... already done all that with Dark Knight Returns. Uh, Bane figures out who Batman is on page 8 by simply seeing Bruce Wayne move. Which is okay, I suppose. There was an old Batman story where Silver St. Cloud figured out who he was simply from his jawline. And Bernie Rosenthal figured out who Captain America was with exactly the same method. Fair. But in the books, 
in the book, the novel by uh, Danny O'Neill, for the sake of expediency, this is a lot quicker, but a lot more logical. Following the fight with Mr. Zars, Bane follows the Batmobile in a helicopter. The Batmobile disappears, but based on where it disappeared, Bane figures out they could have only have gone to four or five houses in the immediate vicinity. And from there, using process of elimination, he figures out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah, I prefer that one. I think just looking at him and saying, he's he Batman. Batman. Yeah, in is the it? book, he's, he finds the five houses, he finds who the owners are, mm. and he gets his men to get down information on all of them. And one of them's Tim Drake, who's in a wheelchair, so he immediately eliminates him. Tim and Drake's one, in a wheelchair? Tim Drake's dad, sorry. Oh, okay. And one of them's an old dude, so he immediately eliminates him. Mm. And he's left with three possibilities, and from them three, he narrows it down to being Bruce Wayne. Uh, which, yeah, is actually a lot cleverer. Than that really, but the book has a lot of stuff in that's really good. Page ten, Leslie Tompkins appears. Who? Leslie Tompkins was the social worker in charge with helping Bruce after his parents were killed, and was instrumental in helping Alfred become Bruce's guardian. And Bruce has helped her charitable causes ever since. Now, I don't remember at this point she used to know Bruce was Batman. Yeah. In pre-crisis continuity, is that right? Yeah. But does she not know he's Batman anymore? I don't know. I don't. I don't rightly remember, to be honest with you. I don't think there's anything about her knowing who he is in this issue anyway. Um, the only other media interpretation of Leslie was in the '90s animated cartoon. Um, still the best external media version of the character, where she was voiced by Star Trek: The Next Generation's Doctor Pulaski, Diana Muldaur. Okay. True story. Okay. Hmm. Uh, all subplots accounted for, as they say in Crisis to Crisis, where we have the Joker and what the Joker's up to, and Bane and what Bane's up to, and Jean-Paul Valley and what Jean-Paul Valley's up to, and the Ventriloquist and what the Ventriloquist is up to, which um, makes a change, because there will be a couple of issues next week where none of that happens, and it focuses entirely on one linear plot and event. Is it? Yes. That's right. Um, the breaking of Batman. You know what the story is actually about? Is that next week? It'll be in next week's episode, yeah. Oh. It's not at the end of Nightfall that he gets... Oh, yeah. You know, Fair enough. Can you imagine if he stretched this out for another 20 issues? Yeah. It seem right. Though. Oh, yeah, that's what happens when it goes to half the eclipse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, see? That's all. And then when it gets to the full eclipse, it changes the logo. Yes, it does. Uh, Jean-Paul beats the crap out of some petty burglars. This is important. Pay attention. Uh, I'm not a big fan of a Batman that wears his costume under his suit like Superman or Spider-Man. I don't know why. Um, I just don't like that. Yeah. Where to keep his cowl? Yeah, and there's, there's all... I mean, there's all this stuff that we'll, we kind of ignore with Superman. Like, how come his cape hides under his suit and his boots and everything? Because mm. he's from Krypton. Because he's from Krypton, yeah. And he uses that super compression, doesn't he? To make his cape small. Yeah. Doesn't it? And I don't know what he does with his boots, but whatever. Didn't the Flash do that? Yeah, the Flash used to do that as well. Keep it in his ring, yeah. But I don't know. I just don't buy it with Batman. Okay. I don't know what it is. Uh, In the book, again, he has different costumes for different purposes. One of which is a lightweight version for under his clothes. Mm. If he's going anywhere he thinks there's going to be trouble. But there was another cool bit in the book where the bat signal shot when he was out at a function like this. Yeah. But he doesn't have the suit with him. But he has the cape and cowl. Okay. So he went to meet up with Gordon, just wearing the mask and the cape. But he wrapped the cape around himself, so Gordon couldn't see that he was wearing a tuxedo underneath it. I liked that. I thought that was pretty cool. 
So he doesn't have all the accoutrements with him, hmm. but he does have the cowl and the, the cape just in case. And he does that a couple of times in the book, and I liked that. Um, this story is completely eliminated from the book, however. Is it? And the audio adaptation. I don't think Poison Ivy even writes a mention. Fair enough. In the, the story. It's a story, anyway. It's, I, 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 see, I quite like Poison Ivy. But, yeah, she's a bit one-note, mm. to be honest with you. I'm quite fond of the Scarecrow-Joker relationship. Mm, I like the Scarecrow and the Joker. Yeah. I like that the Scarecrow comes across as the sane one. Mm. <laughs> Which amuses me no end. And you know what else? You reminded me of me and you. Okay. I'm the Scarecrow. You're the Joker. And you're the insane one that I try to keep under control. Fair enough. <laughs> I just thought that was brilliant though. I'm identifying more with the bad guys than with Batman and Robin. Mm. I don't know what that says about me. On page 7, panel 5, where yes. Joker throws away half a donut. I know! It's shocking. a waste of a perfectly good donut. It's a waste of food, isn't it? I'd have had that. Shocking that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I've said before, but I thought Bane working out that Bruce was Batman like this was a tad poo. It would have been better that if he'd waited longer and did something some kind of epic plot twist or like he did in the book yeah. figured it out logically through reason and deduction Detective Comics 662 How's Nightfall Part 8 this came out on May the 4th Be With You 1993 with a cover date of late June 93 it's got a fantastic cover I think it's great it's a simply magnificent abstract cover that at first I thought was Bill Sankovich mm. but uh, apparently it's actually Sam Keith because it's signed the Keith yeah. So that kind of gives it away, doesn't it? Makes sense. That it's Sam Keith. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to describe. I presume this to be an interpretation of Batman as seen if we were under the influence of the Scarecrow's fear gas because he's got huge shoulders and he's got a really demonic face and he's clenching his teeth and he looks pretty damn good. Mm. Um, our description of this cover doesn't do it justice, so it will be on the website so you can have a look at it. Uh, it's called Burning Questions. It's written by Chuck Dixon, penciled by Graham Nolan, inked by Scott Hanna, and all the other usual suspects that were in the last issue. The Riddler is held at gunpoint by all his hired men. They tell him that they're, fu- that they're tired, that their plans are ready, but all he does is send riddles, so they shoot at him. <laughs> it's a perfectly reasonable course of action, to be honest with it. He escapes to the back door, and once safe, wonders why the police didn't get his riddles, and how he can get his riddles to the mass public. At that moment, he turns his head to see a shop window full of televisions. Whilst Batman is out gallivanting around a zoo, Robin and Alfred watch TV. He isn't just visiting a zoo. No, he's after fire. Yeah, he's actually doing something constructive, he's actually <laughs> seeing the giraffes. Which he does, actually. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> When turning to another chat show that Simpson Flanders is on, a man in the audience stands up and then reveals himself to be the Riddler. Robin, knowing that the show is broadcast live, sets off. At the zoo, Batman finds what he was looking for. Firefly, who set the zoo on fire and causing the animals to panic. Batman goes down quickly though, when Firefly shoots fire at him. However, he gets back up and reveals that he's wearing 15 layer Nomex and a rebreather that protects him from the fire. He leaps towards Firefly and jumps off the side of the building with him. Back at the chat show, the Riddler makes sure there's a lot of people watching as he wants his message to get out. Up in the editing room, Bullock and Montoya watch. 
Montoya tells some dude to keep the Riddler on as though he was a regular guest. An officer up at the back of the building aims a rifle at the Riddler. Riddler. The Riddler. <laughs> but Bullock tells him not to do anything, as if the Riddler drops the release detonator, there'll be an explosion. Back at the zoo, Batman and Firefly land in the leopard enclosure. Whilst Batman fights the leopard off him, Firefly flies away. Batman finishes with the leopard and catches Firefly, leaving him dangling over some crocodiles. Robin shows up at this chat show and deals with the Riddler quickly, but Bullock gives Robin a scolding because he didn't think about what could happen if the police... What could think about happening if anything went wrong, but the police find out that the detonator was only wooden. Elsewhere, the Huntress beats up for some of Riddler's goons. This TV show is going out live, right, Cassie? Uh, yes. Yes, Riddler? Yes, Riddler. Good. I want to get a large audience, but having me on the show rigged with this bomb should win tonight's battle of the ratings, don't you think? I'm, uh, reasonably certain. And your guest, Dr. Simpson Flanders, I've met before at Arkham Asylum. That's right, Eddie. Oh, and you've written a little book. Mm -hmm. Let's see. I'm sane, and so are you. That's right, Eddie. Well, you couldn't have written it with me in mind. <laughs> Excuse me. Because I I'm not sane, and I never will be. Isn't that right, Doc? Uh, um... And here's another one for the folks at home. What begins with a P and ends with an E and has thousands of letters in it. I cut the two. Um, the opening pages of this one really are pretty cool and show why the Riddler normally works alone. Um, the other hoods in Gotham City think he's a nut job planning all these intricate crimes and then sending tip-offs to the Batman and the police. So they fire him and just nick yeah. his plans, which, you know, is perfectly reasonable. Uh, page five is really good, I think. Batman's always in shadow and the panel of him swinging in front of the moon whilst the giraffes look on is brilliant. I love that one. It is very similar to the last panel in the last issue where Robin was swinging in front of the moon. Yeah. Except here, again, we don't know what Batman's swinging from, but at least we can't see the top of the rope disappear into nothingness. Mm. Implying that at least he is hooked on something. Going to land on the giraffe's nose. I hope he's not going to land on the giraffe's nose. Well, no, that would be most unfortunate. Yeah, like the giraffe. Yes. Uh, I do like the idea of the Riddler appearing in a live talk show, especially once Simpson Flanders is appearing on. Uh, I like page ten. I like the Batman's resourcefulness on page ten, where he's changed his costume to fight Firefly. Mm. This ties into him having different costumes for different eventualities, and I like that. I like the idea that he does stuff like that. I also like that he complains about it being cumbersome on page 16, because it's rest restricting his movements. He's used to being able to move as he sees fit. Riddler's response to Dr. Flanders' book, I'm sane and so are you, deserves repeating in full, mm. I think. You can't have written it with me in mind, because I'm not sane, and I never will be. Which is just brilliant. Uh, the Huntress just shows up out of nowhere on page 20. Yeah. There's no mention of who she is prior to this in the Nightfall books. She, she was in a couple of issues before Nightfall started. So if you're only reading Nightfall, you're probably a bit unaware of who she is. Uh, she is just yet another Gotham vigilante. That surely Batman could have called on for help. Yeah. Now that he's, you know, a bit knackered. The only problem I have with this issue is Batman's internal monologue on page 22. Now, I know stuff like this is in the eye of the beholder, but Batman says that 8 Down, Firefly, Jars, Film Freak, The Hatter, The Cavalier, Amygdala, Stirk, Poison Ivy, mostly second stringers and they nearly took it out of me. Um, I, I don't consider Zars a second stringer, do you? 
No. Poison Ivy, Cornelius Stoke, and even Firefly, I wouldn't consider a second stringer. And certainly more dangerous than the Riddler. Mm. Who, let's face it, only has a reputation of an A-list bad guy because of Frank Gorshin on the TV show. Yeah. There's not really much to the Riddler, other than that manic laugh. Um, there are adverts all over these four issues for the Coneheads movie. Consumer mass quantities. It doesn't actually say what movie it's advertising. Which I always think is really dumb. Because, okay. like, you know, what if you don't know who the Coneheads are? That's just a stupid advert. I don't know who they are. Well, it's, it's another Saturday Night Live TV to movie translation that made no impact over here whatsoever. Pretty much like all the other Saturday Night Live translations. Page 6, panel 1. I quite like the idea of watching TV through the back computer. <laughs> so Alfred and uh, Robin were doing that long before we were. Yeah. They had on demand. Yeah. In the back cave, 15 years ago. That doesn't seem fair, does it? No, really. Mm, okay. Um, I like page six's conversation between Robin and Alfred. Robin and, Robin and Alfred are really good in these. Mm. Alfred seems to get on much better with the Robins than he ever does with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. On page 11, where does the Riddler get his detonator from? Uh, well, he doesn't, because it doesn't turn out to be real. Well, no, but if you look at it, when he first comes on, he's mm-hmm. got nothing. But then the next time we see him, he's just got a detonator in hand. All right, where did it come from in relation to when he appeared, he didn't have it with him? Yeah. Well, do they not search people when they go into TV studios? I think they do. Or do they, do they not do that anymore? Well, as a metal... Or did they not it? do that in 1993? Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't. No, that's very true. Four more issues of Nightfall completed for your edification and delight. I don't know if edification is an appropriate choice of word. Next time, though, to quote one of the adverts in one of the future issues, the Batman is going where he's never been before. Away. (sighs) Because issue 11 of Nightfall is where it all changes. Is it? Yes. It's very exciting. I've already read 9 and 10. Because I couldn't wait. I've been enjoying these so much. Not quite so much with us talking about food. But I don't understand yeah, what that yeah. was. You'll break that. Food. Uh, e. Bayek. Northern lad. Food and So, on that note, we must leave our second edition of Nightfall. We hope you enjoy it as much as we do. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey Kids Comics is And the Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do Production. Every Thursday, new episodes drop at aplayland.podomatic.com. You can join in the fun. We have a website where you can view the covers of the comics that we talk about, www.haykidscomics.webspace.virginmedia.com, and the show can be emailed directly at haykidscomics at virginmedia.com. If you're allergic to email, we also have a forum, www.forumforgeeks.com. We're also on Facebook. You can contact us using Hey Kids as the first name, Comics as the surname. The opinions of Michael and Andrew are the opinions of Andrew and Michael and no one else. Mainly because no one else would be dumb enough to have those opinions. The music and clips used in the show are copyright, their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Michael and Andrew make no money from this, much to the shame.